Welcome to the Jose Carrion Show. And now, here is your host, Jose Carrion. Hello everyone and welcome again to another episode of the Jose Carrion Show. Last time we spoke about uh, the reason for my absence uh, from podcasting. We basically covered... Um, a lot of things that I've been going through. Uh, I got some feedback from people who, who obviously didn't know that I was going through all of this. Uh, and thank you so much um, for your kind words and your concern. I want to focus today primarily on dialysis. So if you know anyone who's going to be going into dialysis or who has stage 4 or stage 5 kidney disease that will soon be going into dialysis or possibly even just started dialysis and you think this episode may help them please by all means share the link and have them listen to it I'm going to give you my own story and how I deal with dialysis. I mentioned last week there are many people uh, who I see on a regular basis who are in dialysis who have basically given up and I'm not going to kid you it does become very difficult to stay motivated. Um, if you can imagine, 2016, I was diagnosed with Lady Ambrose syndrome. 2017, I had sepsis. 2020, I got an infection on my left toe, had to be amputated. And then this year, I ended up on dialysis and also ended up having to have quadruple coronary bypass, which we will talk about in future episodes as well. It's enough to really defeat a person. We're going to talk about what keeps me motivated. What gets me to wake up every morning and face each day. You know, a conqueror wins one battle and rests their whole career on that one battle. A champion fights every day and continues to fight day after day and continues to win. I want my listeners to become champions. It's not going to be easy. It's hard. Sometimes you're going to wake up in the morning and not want to do anything. Sometimes you wake up in the morning and you cannot do anything. But I'm going to share with you what motivates me what keeps me centered and on track? 
and what keeps me meeting each day with my 100% force. I have a strong faith. Now, I'm not going to talk about religion. I'm not going to talk about denominationalism. But I do believe in God the Father. I do believe in Jesus Christ. I do believe in the Holy Spirit. Little side note while we're on the subject. I had a listener at one time say they cannot understand, they cannot interpret the three God persons being one entity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. I answered them like this. Think about water. You have ice, which is water. You have the liquid form of water, and you have steam. All three are water but each one represents itself differently depending on the conditions that it's meeting. So is our God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Three different phases of the same entity, yet separate, each with its own purpose. Okay. Back to our main topic. When I was going into surgery for the coronary bypass, my potassium levels were very high. I was forced to have a temporary catheter put in so that they could do hemodialysis and bring my chemical balance back into proper upper levels. That started my journey on hemodialysis. For a few weeks, I was receiving hemodialysis in the hospital. Now, I'm going to just share with you my own personal experience. I'm not going to mention any hospitals or anybody by name. You are taken up to the dialysis section of the hospital. You are hooked up to this machine, a catheter that's in my chest, I'm hooked up to this machine, and I basically have to sit there and do nothing for three and a half hours. If I need to pee, they give me a pee bottle. If I need to poop, they give me a bedpan. You're not allowed to disconnect, you're not allowed to get up. And by the way, I don't know if it works the same in all hospitals, but here in Southwest Florida, anything that you're doing outside of your room requires someone from transport coming to get you. 
So if you're told you have dialysis at 9 o'clock, that is dependent on what time the transportation person comes to get you. They might be backed up. They might be short-handed. So my 9 a.m. dialysis appointment sometimes wouldn't happen until 9, 30, 10, 10, 15. It works the other way as well. When it's time to transport yourself back to your room, you're waiting on the transport. And during lunch, it's a busy time. Sometimes my dialysis session would be done by 1 o'clock, and I don't get to my room till 2.15, That's the reality of it. Now, after I was released from the hospital, I report to a dialysis center, the local dialysis center, about 10 minutes from where I live. That's a bit different. I'm supposed to be in the chair by 7 o'clock. I usually get there about 20 minutes to 7 in the morning. It normally takes 5 or 10 minutes to hook me up. So I'm done at 15. If I need to use the bathroom, they will disconnect me. I go to the bathroom. I come back. I'm reconnected. And my time continues from there. There's no restrictions about, you know, you're not allowed to get up. If you have to go to the bathroom, you have to go. Now, sometimes the nurses are not, uh, well, it's not really a nurse, it's a dialysis technician. Some are better than others. Some of them can uh, connect you very quickly, set everything up and get you started. Others are not so quick, and it takes them a while to get started. And on the other end, it takes them a while to disconnect you. Mind you, when you are first connected to the dialysis machine, they need to check your blood pressure. They usually check my weight at the door. When I come in, I get weighed so that they can calculate how much water they need to remove from my system. See, what dialysis does is dialysis is replacing the function of your kidneys. So what your kidneys do is they remove toxins from your blood. They also remove excess water, which is what causes you to urinate. So the dialysis machine replaces what the kidneys used to do. So it removes toxins and it removes excess water. So they weigh you before the session begins so that when they subtract how much you weigh from your dry weight, they'll know how much you gained and how much they need to subtract. It's not always an exact size because if you gain weight and it's not all water, it throws everything off. You know, you had a couple of plates of pasta the night before, 
you gained a couple of pounds of pasta and they say oh you gained four pounds of water it may not be four pounds of water I find the hemodialysis for me is very restricting. Now, like I mentioned last episode, there are two major types of dialysis. There's the hemodialysis, hemo meaning blood, where a graft or a fistula is surgically implanted into your arm in my case, it's a temporary, so it was implanted in my chest. Um, they then would insert two needles, and that would serve to have the blood come out of your body and into the machine, and the other one to pump the blood back into your body. I'm not a big fan of needles. So, uh, using the temporary catheter doesn't really involve needles. It's more just uh, screwing the caps in. But uh, for other patients who have a fistula or graft inserted in their arm, the technician does need to insert two needles. I'm not a big fan of that. What I originally wanted to do was what's commonly known as peritoneal dialysis. Your body has what's called a peritoneal sac or peritoneum. It's a sac that rests between your organs and your skin and your tummy. It was discovered in the 1970s that if you fill this peritoneum sac with a sugar solution, it automatically, through osmosis, sucks up the toxins and the excess water. Over the last 50 years, they perfected it to uh, where it's equal to the hemodialysis. You cannot say that one is better than the other. The peritoneal dialysis does require minor surgery to insert a peritoneal catheter, a tube that is placed in your belly leading into the peritoneal sac. And what you would do is you would fill your peritoneal sac with fluid the sugar water, the dialysate, let it rest there for several hours while it slowly, through osmosis, removes the toxins and removes the excess water. At the prescribed time, you drain out the liquid and reinsert new liquid. This is called an exchange. Normally, you may do it four or five times a day, depending on how bad your condition is, how much fluid needs to be removed, and so forth. 
So that was my goal. Unfortunately, the heart disease uh, temporarily pushed that back because they needed to attend to my heart in an uh, extremely uh, quick manner. Um, the temporary peritoneal port was uh, inserted and I had to have the heart surgery. Once the heart surgery has been healed, which I got my staples taken out a couple of months from, uh, excuse me, a couple of weeks from now, uh, then we can reschedule to have the peritoneal catheter put in and I can switch from hemodialysis to peritoneal dialysis at home. It does require some training and during that training, the site where the peritoneal tube comes out of your belly is given time to heal. There are, for me, certain advantages of peritoneal dialysis. Um, it allows me more flexibility. I can do the exchanges at home. Or if I happen to have dinner at a friend's house, I can actually bring the liquids with me, excuse myself for a few minutes and do the exchange in the bathroom or in a private area. And also, since you're doing it more often, less water and less toxins build up in your system. So it actually becomes a little bit uh, less wear and tear on the body. The disadvantages are you have to manage your own health. You have to manage your own kidney dialysis. You have to weigh yourself. You have to keep records of how much you weigh, how much dialysate you're using, the difference between the new liquid that you're putting on and the old liquid you took out. There's also a risk of infection in and around the area of the peritoneal tube. The tube in your belly going into the peritoneum sac. Very strict hygiene protocol has to be maintained. Now the infection is most often not deadly, but it can be very serious and can lead to other complications which is why you go through training to teach you how to care for the exit site where the tube is coming from. For me, the advantage in freedom and being able to manage my own treatment is worth it. So I'm going to go through the peritoneal dialysis training, I'm going to have the peritoneal catheter inserted, and I'm going to manage my own dialysis. Now, to people who are not yet on dialysis, but are headed that way, or if you're new to dialysis, this whole thing is scary. I get that. 
But isn't the whole point of going through all of this so that you can continue to live? It can be scary. It can be daunting. It can be confusing. But you should not let the disease define who you are. You should not let the disease control your life. It's the same if it's dialysis, if it's heart disease, cancer, leukemia, lupus, it doesn't matter. You should not be defined by your disease. Kidney disease and dialysis are not Jose Carrion. I am Jose Carrion. Most of the time, I go about my business, and 99% of the people I interact with have no idea that I'm on dialysis. They don't need to know. It has nothing to do with my interaction with them. So whether you're man, woman, young, old, it should not define who you are. Get up each morning with purpose. I'm going to tell you a story. My wife works at a local supermarket chain in the deli department. I often would go and wait for her to come out of work to bring her home. While I'm waiting, day after day, I see the same people come up to the deli. Sometimes they buy something, sometimes they don't, but they're always there. Do they need to be there? No. Why then are they there? Because that is their purpose for getting up in the morning. They have, if you, if you want to call it, they have substituted their trip to the supermarket as their purpose in life. They've got nothing else to do. Oh, I think I'll get dressed to go to the deli. Don't knock it. It gets them up in the morning. It gets them to go out and intermingle with different people. Say, hi, how are you doing today? Don't let any disease, diabetes, kidney disease, heart disease, whatever, don't let it define who you are. You say, well, man, I'm always tired. This dialysis is kicking my butt. I get that. I'm there. I know all about it. But, you know, there's an old saying, don't let the right hand know what the left hand is doing. You don't want to go out there and show people you're sick. You don't want people to see you 
depressed or looking defeated. You want to face every day with vigor and with, with courage. You want to fight the good fight. Our disease is nothing more than a change in lifestyle. Now granted, there are things I can't do anymore. Hell, I'm not 20 years old anymore. We all have things we can't do anymore. Part of life is part of growing old. If we had no disease at all, it would be the same thing. Don't make your disease an excuse for your laziness. You owe it to your family and your friends to be the person that you are. You might say, well, I don't have any friends and family don't come around anymore. And damn it, do it for yourself. Get up off your butt and do something with your life. You're going through all of this. You're going through dialysis treatments and surgeries and restricting what you eat and all this other crap because you want to live. Well, what's the point of living if you can't enjoy it? Enjoy every moment. Man, it doesn't have to cost you anything. Go to the mall, sit there. Watch the people walk by shopping and buying and the kids playing. And go to the library, pick up a hobby. I have several hobbies. I've been trying to teach myself how to play piano. It hasn't been going too well since I've been in the hospital for the last six months. But Even podcasting. Start a podcast. Start a blog. Make YouTube videos. They don't have to be about you. You got a cell phone, most cell phones shoot video. You could do YouTube videos or watching ants crawl on the floor, whatever. <laughs> the point is that you get up and do something. The more you do, the more God's going to bless you with. But if you sit at home being defeated, being all depressed, woe is me, woe is me, you're never going to get out of it. You have to decide to stand up and defeat the enemy of your sickness. Nobody can do that for you. For me, I put my trust in the Almighty. I'm laying on the gurney right before my chest is about to be cut open. And the only thing that goes through my mind is, Lord, I trust you, whatever you want to do. If this is how you're going to take me, I'm good with it. I trust you no matter what. Next thing I know, I'm awake, I'm breathing, I got a tube in my mouth. 
You gotta trust God. Or whatever deity you happen to uh, associate with. God, Allah, Buddha, Shinto, whatever. You gotta have faith in something. If you're an atheist, have faith in yourself. Believe in yourself. You are your own worst enemy, you know. You sit in the house alone and you have all these thoughts running through your mind and you talk yourself out of living. I've been there, I know. Until one day I decided I'm tired of listening to myself. I'm going to get up every day. I'm going to fight the good fight. I'm going to act as if I have nothing wrong with me. Because I still want to enjoy life. I owe that to myself. I owe it to my family and friends who care for me. And I owe it to whatever almighty spirit there happens to be. So that when I die and I get called up to the, to the, to the throne, I don't want to hear, what did you do with your life? I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Hey, my name is Jose Carrion. If you think this has been a blessing to you, drop me a line, theunusualspirit at gmail.com. Hey folks, if you like what you're hearing, visit us on our Facebook page, The Jose Carrion Show. Drop us a line, or you can email me directly at theunusualspirit at gmail.com. Theunusualspirit at gmail.com, or check us out on Facebook, The Jose Carrion Show. Until next time. <laughs>